Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Our sponsor this month is Heart Cottage and Florals. Looking for a place to stay in Oxford, Mississippi? We have the perfect, most adorable place for you. This guest house is so cute, um, just decorated to a T. They say, come as visitors, but leave as friends. Look it up, Heart Cottage and Florals on Instagram and follow them. Welcome back, friends. It's April, and spring is in the air. Allie, I have to tell you about my decorating. Oh, please do. Frenzy. Tell me. Okay, so remember back in November, I told you and our listeners that my mom had come to live with me. Mm -hmm. So it's been almost a year she's been living with me. And one of my favorite things about that is that we have gotten to, like, decorate together, you know. That's sweet. Um, And so this is the first time ever in 24 years that I've ever decorated my house more other than like fall and Christmas. Right. Really, when you think about it, isn't that all you ever really do? Yeah. Okay, well. Like Thanksgiving and Christmas? Yeah, now that my mom's here, the place setting lady, which I love, (laughs) um, she has all these plates I told you guys about. She has Valentine plates. Mm -mm. Okay, so I was like, oh, we're going to have to do that now, which I kind of am excited because it's been so fun. So That's amazing. I've added stuff to her stuff I got some little heart pillows that say always love, um, you know, just little, little things That's like so that. Cute. I mean, it's nothing like the Turtle Creek lady that right, I sent that you. you sent me. If you guys have not followed her or listened to her. It's you, overwhelming. It's so <laughs> funny. She cracks yes. me up. Um, I like her, so nothing bad about her. Right, I, th- I think too. she's so fun and positive and I love it. Um, but her house is overwhelming and crazy and it is, it makes me laugh. So it's nothing like that. I don't have the conversation hearts all over the house, like on the walls, <laughs> but I have a few, I've added a few hearts to my house and now I love that spring, um, you know, we're doing some Easter stuff because yes. my mom has all the oh, Easter places. So I thought you guys we need would to share some pictures on our social media because now we're all just wanting yeah, to see what it looks like. This is like way out of character for me. I mean, I love decorating. I just don't do that. Like, that's awesome, um, though. But it's been so fun, and it's been fun to do it with my mom. So, yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, okay, so let's jump into favorite things, because I'm excited to tell you about mine. And um, I started this, I guess, in January. Um, and before, let me just tell you what it is. Okay. It's intermittent fasting. But before you tune me out, okay. everybody that's listening, just let me, let me talk for a second. Okay, so intermittent fasting has been around for a while, I think. Uh-huh. And... I was not a believer of it at all because I was the person that was like, I, that's going to make me lightheaded. I can't do that. I've got to eat. When I exercise intensely, I've got to have food in my body, blah, 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 all of that. And uh, now that I've been doing it for a while now, it really has become kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. I've been doing the 8-16, so you have an eight-hour eating window, and then you have a 16-hour fast. But that 16 hours while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I will eat starting at 11 a.m., and I can eat till 7 p.m. And okay. then I don't eat again till the next day at 11. 
and it has been a lot easier than I expected. And I've had some really cool results. I mean, other than physical results, but even just energy levels, mm -hmm. feeling better. I think one thing that I have learned is I was putting food in my body that I didn't really need because yeah. I thought in my mind, I needed to eat because it was time to eat. Yeah. I wasn't eating because my body needed yeah. food. And so I've been eating less and it's made me feel so much better uh -huh. because I've been, I mean, what it was was putting extra calories and food, bad food into my body thinking I needed it when I really didn't. Yeah. Now it's not for everybody. Uh -huh. For example, my husband, he's been trying and he just doesn't like it. It doesn't work for him. It does not work for everybody. But in this season of life, it has been really great for me in so many ways. Yeah. And so it is totally my that favorite is awesome. thing right now. <laughs> well, the most important thing is that you find what works for you yes. and what you like. And I've heard lots of great things about that. Yeah. So, and there'll probably be a time where it won't work for anymore. Yeah. For me anymore. And I'll probably do something different. But right now, it's good. I've found that it has just brought so many different results um, other than just physical results. Yeah. That's just icing on the cake. For me in my life. Yeah, so. icing on the cake. What about you? That sounds good. Huh? That does sound good. <laughs> it's not part of your intermittent. Well, I can't say that word. What is it? I guess it? it could be if That's one of the words. I guess it could be if it's in my uh, open eating window. But Yeah, anyway. awesome. Okay, well, my favorite thing is way out of, like, something I would normally not really spend time doing. I did this when I had Cade 11 years. Well, no, he's almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was nursing, sitting around, um, it's called Words, Words with Friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, I remember the, that. Ga the game on your phone. Well, yeah. I only did that during that time, and then I stopped because I'm like, I don't have time for that. Right. I'm just not a person that can just sit around and do games. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not that person either now, but before I go to bed, sometimes I have a hard time like falling asleep. Yeah, and like so winding down. I've been playing Words with Friends, mm. and it helps me go to sleep, and it's so fun. That is awesome. Okay, I'm a Scrabble person anyway, though. Mm -hmm. I like word games. So you like that? Yeah, but it's just so funny because like a year ago, I would have been like, no, I don't have time for Words with Friends. That's, right. Yeah, whatever. But that's kind of a way to wind down. It's kind of like relaxing. And, yeah. yeah. And I like awesome. And I like to win. I love that. I love it. Yes, you do. <laughs> Let me know if you want to play Words with Friends. Right, Adder. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, I want to jump right into this podcast. This is Sam McManus. He is a boy and not a... Not a girl. We usually always have women um, come on and share their stories. And so we don't have many men uh -uh. come on. So this is really exciting. And he is absolutely incredible. Um, he is currently in seminary and is passionate about helping men pursue what matters the most. He's a single guy serving other single guys. Sam enjoys speaking to men's struggles through his podcast, blogs, online course, after graduating with a business degree from Auburn University, he lives in Louisville, Kentucky. Since his own season of singleness is allowing him to be more available to God, Sam is excited for the Lord to work in him in this time ahead. And I cannot wait for you to hear the wisdom that this young man brings. And I just want to encourage you, normally if you are a listener while you're driving or exercising, I want to encourage you to listen to this when you have time to sit down, to write down some notes that you can meditate on, that you can think about, that you can share, and really just take to God because this wisdom from this young man is incredible, and I really feel like he is going to um, to really give you some great content. Welcome, Sam. We are so glad you're here with us today. Well, not actually here, but 
your your presence. Zoom in. Yeah, zoom in. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be here. I feel like we've been anticipating this for a while now, so it's good to good to be on the air with you guys. Yes, I have to tell our listeners, Sam is one of my favorite people on the planet. So <laughs> I have known him for about 11 years, which is crazy because I feel like that was yesterday. That we moved here to open the Chick-fil-A, and so his parents are um, some of our best friends, and I'll never forget um, when we first moved here, this family would come to Chick-fil-A all the time, and they had four <laughs> blonde-headed boys, and, um, but they all looked alike to me at that time, and I could not, I'd call y'all, you guys different names, like not the right name, sure. and I remember Connor one time was like, man, mom, that is not... Nate, Nate, that is not, you know, and I was like, oh my goodness. So then we went on a trip together and I knew who each one of you were. I could, I, I could tell the difference. It wasn't just blonde hair. I knew your personalities and we just love your family and so thankful for you guys. But Sam, um, you are one of my favorite people because you are just, you have the sweetest spirit. Um, anybody who knows you can just see the Lord in you. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear your story. So can you give us a brief summary of it? Yes, absolutely. And um, again, I mean, I'm just so grateful to be on the podcast. Thanks to both of you guys. And of course, it's been a really cool experience to watch how the Lord has intertwined our two families, Amanda. I think you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head with that. God's God's done a lot of really cool things just in the various, you know, members of both of our families. So it's um it's great to continue that in an avenue of a podcast. So um yeah, but so I under I graduated from undergrad in late 2019. So right before you know the pandemic happened. And um, as soon as I graduated, I wanted to do something big. So I actually flew to Europe and I backpacked all of Europe or about 10, 11, 12 countries over there for an entire month by myself. Um, it was, it was kind of something that I don't, you know, wouldn't normally do. And, it, you know, I've always thought people who traveled by themselves was, that was kind of a weird thing to do, but um, I, it was a really unique experience because it really helped me to really align myself with the Lord. Um, and I just remember God being so present on that experience. And even though it was a big adventurous experience all around it really was more of a spiritual journey for me during those four weeks abroad and i just remember praying a lot of really big prayers while i was there in europe for god to just move in my life i remember asking him to have some big encounters with him in the year 2020 and for him to rearrange and to renovate and just to shift things in my heart that better aligned to him and you know little did i know that the world was about to really experience a big shifting and i think that that was just such a beautiful platform that helped at least me launch into um, such a unique and different life in 2020 for me um, i think a lot of times we forget to remember that uh, we, we really asked for 2020 in some regards you know you think about like i, I just remember a lot of churches and early last year having sermon series on God encounters and the year of vision and the year of, you know, taking out things from the past. And, I, and in, a, in a way it was, um, but it was just in a way that only God can do and in such an unexpected way. And so really that's what this last year of my life has been. And um, it was in April of last year where I really had the Lord put on my heart to begin a ministry geared towards single guys. 
Um, and I just remember hearing that line really straight from the Lord, just barely out of the blue one day. Um, and immediately I was opposed to it. You know, immediately I was like, whoa, a ministry and, and single guys, you know, I'm like, God, that's not really my platform. That's not really where I'm trying to go in life. But it's always, you always know it's the Lord when, when you're opposed to it at first. I think a lot of times we get called to things, but right off the bat, we'll have opposition towards it. And so I knew it was the Lord calling me to that. And of course, I didn't feel equipped. I felt very unempowered. But as I felt this calling and a need to steward a message for guys who are struggling with their single years, I just began to take small steps. You know, I began to, uh, you know, try to create a podcast and create a blog and a website and just little things here and there. And it was incredible to me to see the Lord just show up in those small steps. And I think that that's how, that's how it works. That's how God has kind of rigged things, so to speak, is that he'll call us into a very large vision. He'll give us something that we don't think we can really handle, but it's when we take those small steps of obedience that God will actually begin to, to do the unimaginable. And so it, these last few months has just been incredible as I've learned a lot about myself, of course, but also just been able to pour into men out there who are struggling to find contentment with their single years, who, who are not pursuing things that really should be pursued during the single years. Um, and, and that's really the heartbeat behind what I'm doing. And I like to kind of categorize my entire message into four different pillars, if you will. The first one that I always tell people is to uncover your identity. And so I think that singleness offers people a really unique opportunity to uncover your identity. And we'll talk about that hopefully later um, in the show together. But the second pillar would be to find freedom. And so how does singleness afford men and, and, and afford us to find freedom in our life that we have been thirsty for and that we need and that really is already offered to us? But how do we discover that freedom in our lives? Yeah. The third pillar would be to notice opportunities because there's really no doubt that singleness does offer you, you know, hundreds of opportunities. But what kinds of opportunities are out there that actually pursue things that matter most? And so I boil it down into 10 different opportunities. And that's kind of what I preach from. And the fourth pillar would be to pursue wisely. And really what I circle and orbit around with the pursuing wisely is what does it look like for a man to pursue a woman? You know, when is that time the right time? And how do you know? And and why is it that a man pursues? And what does it look like to pursue like Christ pursued? You know, because Christ pursued his his bride, his church. And so it really focuses around that. So really, I've just taken these four pillars in this last year or so and just kind of try to communicate that into different avenues and different messages. And I'll tell you what, Amanda and Allie, it's been really incredible to see just how the Lord's used um, the resources I've tried to put out to help men just come more alive in these single years because it is a pain point it is a it is a hard time for a lot of people so it really has been an honor to be a part of this uh story and a part of stewarding this message for the lord in the last couple of months well oh my goodness i love this so much because i have three sons and two of them one of them is in college uh, the other one will be graduating high school next year and one thing that i've always told them is you know um everybody's story is different. So if you meet someone, uh, a future wife um, early, then that is great. 
But if you don't, that is great too. The most important right now thing, I think a lot of times in high school and in college, um, you can be so consumed with a relationship that your focus is taken off of what is most important whenever right. that should be a time where you're growing your relationship with the Lord, that you are becoming the spiritual leader that you need to be. I mean, mm-hmm. if you haven't even um, done those things and had that time alone with the Lord and you jump into a relationship, you don't know how to lead. You, right. you, you are still trying to get to know who you are in Christ. And um, no judgment to anyone who is dating their future wife in high school or college right now. God has a different story for everyone. But my encouragement to my boys has always been, this is a special time for you and the Lord. Um, And I think the world, you know, is always throwing at us what what it looks like in life like you go to high school you go to college you get your job you get married then you have kids but that's not every that's not what god has planned for everyone at Mm -hmm. a certain time Um, and so i think that your voice is so needed and i love that you are an example and you're sharing with all of these single men um, and women of what to take the season of singleness important you know, like it is a very important season and to take it seriously and don't waste it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of times we spend too much time praying the storm away when in reality, God's really just trying to teach us something through the storm. And I'm not saying that singleness really is a storm, but it's a season that God has uniquely placed us in to learn a particular lesson. And and maybe and most likely, it's a lesson that really can't be taught in any other season of life. And so I think guys focus, and, and girls too, of course, focus too much on you know the future and getting out of the singleness when it's in reality. I think sometimes your shortest path is going all in to the season that you're already in. So That's some wisdom right there. Awesome. Well, okay, my first question for you is why is it so important to uncover your identity before entering into marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really, so what I've focused my message on has been one key verse. And a lot of times, you know, you see that um, a lot of people's platforms will have one verse that they usually circle around. Mine would be 1 Corinthians 3.11, which says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so what I like to think about with singleness is one of the biggest opportunities that we have during these years is to uncover that identity. So what does it mean to figure out who you are? What is your purpose? Who are you, you know, what kind of skills do you have? What kind of talents do you have? What does it look like to find freedom, you know, in those areas, like I was talking about earlier uh, from the past and then understand your role as a biblical man or a woman. And so that, that's all tied into your identity. But I say uncover your identity because the beautiful thing about our identity is that we are not, as Christians, seeking or pursuing an identity. Our identity has already been bought for us, and we have the unique opportunity of operating from it. And so really the identity is there for all of us. It just has to be uncovered. And I think many times in our young, you know, single years, we've covered up our true identity with things of the world. We've covered up what is noble and what is righteous about us with with a lot of lies. And we've let the world and we've let Satan lie to us and target who we are in our identity. 
And singleness is a really unique opportunity to push those back and uncover what's really beneath the surface. Because like that verse says, I mean, there, there's a foundation that's already there and we just get to operate from it. And so again, just it's a unique opportunity of just how can we build our lives on a foundation that is solid? You know, we, you think about building a house, you know, the house is only going to be as strong as its foundation is. It could be the best house, the best looking, greatest view, you know, all the bells and whistles. But if the foundation isn't there, then it's not going to last very long. And I think a big detriment in society today is that we see a lot of relationships that are just built on the wrong things. They're built on a foundation that maybe looked good and that was sold at a good price. And, but, but over time it was revealed that there's, there are some cracks, you know, there were some issues, there was some, some sand underneath it that wasn't sustainable in the long, in the long run. And so um, it's just a really cool time right now that I encourage singles to do is just to really figure out, what is that foundation? Jesus Christ, who, who is he and how do I build my life on him? Because if we can, it, I don't want to say the word master because I think it's a constant pursuit, but if, if we can um, just learn and develop and, and, and get stronger in this uh, pursuit with Christ, I think the rest of our life and all the future seasons will be stronger because of that. So, Absolutely. Well, I love that. That is so good. Um, my next question is, what are some of the opportunities that are afforded, afforded to singles? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I mentioned earlier, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, I think, you know, you could ask anybody opportunities right off the bat and um, they would probably say, you know, you get to sleep in more, you get to travel around the world. And of course, those, those could be opportunities, but Really what I like to talk about is, of course, the opportunities that matter most. You know, what are the opportunities out there that, that are going to make you a better person, that are going to prepare for your future? And so I've boiled it down into 10 different opportunities. I'll mention a couple just real briefly um, right now. But one of my favorite opportunities that singleness affords you is to establish habitual servanthood. And so, you know, there's, there's no doubt that every human is designed to serve. You know, we, we're innately created with a need to make a difference in the world, to impact the lives of others. And so if, if we're designed to do that our entire lives, why not learn and establish that habit in our single years so that when times get more busy, when times get more tricky down the road, when we add things you know, into our lives, that we're able to maintain that habit of servanthood. And so I like to tell people, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about serving, think about it in, you know, three different contexts. Think about it in your day-to-day, your week-to-week, and your month-to-month. Day-to-day can look like, you know, just serving your friends in prayer. I think one of the kindest things that you can do for other people is to pray for them. And so that's an incredible way to serve other people. And, and singleness affords that. Of course, any season of life affords that. But you have a really unique opportunity now in these years to establish that. Um, the week to week, you know, of course, you can be creative. I like to, me personally, get involved in a local church and serve, you know, there within that body. Um, I like to try to become a mentor to someone else. I think that's a really cool opportunity of serving that we are afforded. Um, and then you think about in the month to month too, you know, what does it look like to financially be giving and serving people through your um, financial 
opportunities and just those kind of avenues. So um, I think there's a lot of creativity that can come with serving and there's just so much um, time and, and there's a lot of things that are afforded to us. And an another opportunity that I would say too, in addition to establishing your servanthood is to mind your models. Now, this is one that I'm actively working on now, you know, and, and really trying to get um, better at. But mind your models. And really what that is focusing on is, is who is having the greatest influence in your life. You know, Proverbs talks about how, you know, a counsel is so wise in your life and how in order to do things well, you know, you need that counsel of advisors. You need the people speaking life into you. And so, again, I've broken it down into three different levels, if you will, when it comes to your models. And I like to tell people, you know, your level one is like your, your big level, you know, you're dreaming big, you know, okay, who are people out there that, that you want to maybe become, or who has your dream job? How, how can you begin to follow them virtually? You know, you might not ever have the opportunity to meet them, but in our day and age, like we can definitely follow them and, and consume their content and focus on them. Um, and, and that's something that I've really tried to do in my life is just is watching the leaders that I want to become like, because the reality is, is we become what we focus on. So if we're focusing on those people and, and, and good and clear messages, we'll eventually be able to do that ourselves. So that would be level one. Level two would be just having a mentor in your life. I think, no, you know, I don't think anybody would really deny the need for that. Um, cause there's really is no replacement for the wisdom that is given to us by those trusted advisors. There's just, there's really not, um, I think there is one thing that will block us a lot of times and that is pride. You know, I think pride creeps in and will tell us, Hey, we don't need a mentor. I have it figured out, but everybody needs one. And of course, in our single years, we have a unique opportunity to establish that. And then of course the level, the third level would be just the people around you, you know, your direct peers, you know, the people who are influencing you on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we've always, we've all heard the quote where, you know, you become the five people that you're around the most. And so how are, how is your circle reflecting who you want to be in the future? Because really who is around us is going to have a direct impact on the opportunities that we have, our habits, our goals, and our choices. And so in our single years, how can we establish good community um, so that we are constantly growing and becoming the person that we know we're called to be and that we know that we that we want to be so um, I could talk about all the different opportunities for for a while but those are two established habitual servanthood and then uh, mind your models would be probably my two favorite ones out of the 10 that I tend to teach on oh my goodness are you 48 <laughs> 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 you know, my roommate asked me that same question yesterday, except he said 45. So. You are so wise. I mean, tell, tell our listeners how old you are. <laughs> I'm 25. 25, but you mm. sound 45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that is a compliment. I really uh, do. No, it is a compliment. You are so wise, and I love it. Um, going well, back to what you. you were saying about servanthood, like these, listening to you talk, it gives you in your single years lots of time to practice mm -hmm. um servanthood all of these things that i mean the fruits of the spirit i always tell my boys when they were little um you know as a christian you have patience you have the fruit of patience the fruit right. of the spirit of self-control but we we have to practice these things mm -hmm. you know we have to choose them and i always tell them uh if you're going to be patient with your wife one day <laughs> you've got to practice it now, now. it doesn't just happen right. that's right yeah, the best time to prepare is not during it's it's before 
Yeah. And, you know, talking about entering in marriage, I mean, really you're getting time because when you think about the first years of marriage, most of the time it is those things like you learn how selfish you are because you're with someone else and you really have to choose to put that other person before yourself. Right. Um, and just all of these things. So it is giving you a lot of time to just like form those habits of practice. I mean, it means something to really you. It's not just something that you're doing. It's something that you're choosing to, um, to practice and to that. It's a, you know, it, it just comes more natural right. whenever you do those things. Absolutely. Well, and I'll say one thing too, Amanda, um, one thing that I've noticed in my single season that is very contrary to the message the world portrays with singleness is that you actually have less time available. You know, I think that when you're single and when you can align yourself with the Lord, it, I, I think that God is more demanding to me than maybe my future spouse will be, you know, because I constantly am hearing and, and, and hearing him ask me things to do, you know, whether that is a blog or a podcast, you know, I really feel like there's a demand, a gracious demand from the Lord. Um, and so uh, singleness does not make you more available for yourself. It makes you more available for the Lord. And it, it's a hard surrender. Um, but it's a beautiful surrender and it's definitely worth it. Well, I can't wait to hear you answer this next question. How <laughs> much of finding your spouse is up to you or versus what God is up to? Yes. So I get, <laughs> I get this question a lot. That's and a hard one. It is a hard one. <laughs> and of course I was asking myself this question for a while and still am, you know, right. I wouldn't right. claim myself to be an expert on this by any means. Um, yeah. So how much of it is up to you versus up to God, you know, where, you know, how is, how does that work? How does finding your future wife or husband, you know, how, you know, what, wh who's, whose responsibility is it? And I think there's an extreme on either side, right? You know, I think you could have an extreme, you, you could have a person who is extremely, um, putting it all in God's hands saying, Hey God, like you just lead me to her. You lead me to him when the time is right, you know, but they don't do anything themselves to maybe pursue that or to initiate anything. They're just putting it all in God's hands. Then you have the other extreme where someone could just take it all in, into their own hands, you know, and they're not giving anything to the Lord. Um, and, and they're not asking for his help, but they're just, they're the ones initiating, they're calling the shots, you know, they're saying yes or no, and they're making the decisions and crossing those intersections by themselves. Um, so there's an extreme on either end. And I would say I'm definitely guilty of the first one that I just kind of outlined there is, is leaving it up to God, um, you know, because obviously I've seen God work in my life, but I, and I've, always, I've always just been like, hey, God, like, you know, you're going to lead me to her when the time is right. And I do believe that, but there's, so, it's so crucial to remember that we play an active part in it too. You know, God has created us to be in a relationship with him. And so it's a two-way street. Nothing about a relationship is a one-way street. And so I don't, I think that a relationship with your future spouse, it's going to be the same way. It's a two-way street. It's a, it's a, it's a working, it's going to require some kind of activeness on your end uh, in order to actually pursue that. And I think the best word, um, and this has been a word on my heart really for the last couple of months that I've just really been marinating on and trying to understand. I don't know if we ever understand this word, but it's faith. Um, and of course, faith we know from scripture is that confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. 
you know, it's from Hebrews 11.1. 1, and I think that's the beautiful part about our relationship with God too, is that we get to step out in faith into the unknown, into what's uncertain, and he's still going to be gracious enough to tell us yes or no as we step forward. Like he wants to see an activeness on our end to validate that our relationship with him is authentic. Um, but he is he is kind enough and loving enough and gracious enough to tell us when we're going off course. Um, I think a lot of times this this was always my prayer, and but I know a lot of guys and, and girls out there too are always praying for God to open and close the doors. And though that I would say that's absolutely a valid prayer, I think we as as the participant and as the the human, if you will, forget to actually build those doors. We forget to actually set up and create a door in which for God to open or close. You know, I can't sit here and say, God, can you tell me yes or no about this girl if I'm not actually pursuing a girl in the first place? You know, I can't ask him to drop someone on my front porch if I'm not putting myself in circles in which I can meet her, you know, or, and, and so we've got to remind ourselves that we play such a crucial part in that story. One of the, you know, constant themes that I've seen in my life, just outside of relationships and, and just kind of um, weaved throughout the ways God has worked is that he moves when we move. You know, as we move, God, God points us. He'll, he'll say no, he'll say yes, and he'll make his way very clear to us. And I think instead of always praying for the signs is the, the, the signs on the front end is that we can pray for the signs more on the back end, you know, for them to follow our action. Cause the action is, is really the first step, you know, is, is that we need to take a step in uh, the pursuit of a woman or a pursuit in a relationship. And I think the signs will follow after that and, and God will open and close and close those doors. So, um, and that's the beautiful thing. I mean, it's going to be different for every single person. You know, God is so gracious enough to be in a relationship with us and they're all going to be tailored and customized to all of us individually. You know, he's not going to work in my life the same way as Amanda or as Allie, but you know, there are definitely similarities, um, but we get to be in that relationship with him as we are pursuing things in this world. And, and, and God will make those very, very clear to us. I think that's the biggest part of that, of what you just said. Um, you know, if we are seeking him, then he's going to give us the discernment. He's going to give us the nudge. Right. He's going to, you're going to know when a time is right to pursue someone um, I feel like when you're not in God's word, you're not seeking him, having your prayer time, um, that close relationship, that's when you worry, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? But when you're seeking him, you don't have the anxiety because you know that you ha you're seeking him. You know that you're giving it to him and that he is leading you. Um, so I think that's something just to keep in mind, uh, not just in your singleness, but in everything in life. I think a lot of times anxiety and worry of am I doing enough um, comes a lot of times because we're not really we're not really seeking him you know we say God we want Absolutely. you to help us but we're not really in the word um, but my That's next right. question because you have started this ministry um, what would you say to people who have an idea um, they want to start something but they don't really feel ready or equipped enough to start yeah. So that was me, <laughs> you know, in April when I mentioned that a minute ago that God had called me to this, you know, about a year ago. 
um, I, I felt the least bit equipped. You know, I didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel enabled. Um, but that's just how God works, you know, as, as God picks those people. You can look throughout all the Old Testament. Like, that's how God chose leaders was, was the people that weren't expecting it. Um, and so a lot, of, a lot of young people, I think, have some really, really unique ideas. But I think what causes them to not act on those ideas um, really is fear. And when I'm talking about, you know, ideas here, I, I definitely am mentioning, you know, whether it's a relationship, entrepreneurial, you know, if it's a business, um, you know, it could be a, a number of different things that you're initiating here and that idea could be, but I would say fear. Fear is really what stops a lot of people just dead in their tracks or stops them before they even have tracks of like actually doing anything. Um, but what I have found, and I'm sure uh, you guys even in, in growing your ministry, living out loud and uh, you know, on the front end, you think about it is action is one of the greatest antidotes to fear. You know, it, when you have that fear, the best thing you can do is just to take a small step forward and, and push back on that fear. And you can watch God just magnify that small step that you just took. And it's incredible. And, and that's really what I saw last year was just as I was feeling insecure, as I was feeling unable to do this, as I was feeling like, God, you probably should have picked someone on the other side of the country or somebody else who is a little better suited for this. Like, it was incredible to watch God show up in those small steps of obedience. Um, now, I'm not saying those are going to be easy by any means, that they won't be. Um, it's definitely going to put you outside of the comfort zone. But um, starting starting small is, is so big. So I learned, you know, four different things when I was in business school. Um, the four four ways that you can kind of go about starting a business when you have it. And this is kind of, I think can apply in a relationship. It can apply anywhere is the first one is to dream big. So you think about like the big picture, you, you think about your overall goal in high definition and HD, like what does that look like? So once you have that overarching thing, then you go to the next step, which is what I just talked about is to start small. Um, and that is again, like just one of the best things you can do to push back on that fear, to push back on what is preventing you is to do those small things quick so that you can get that experience, which will lead to the third step, which is to fail quickly. And I know that sounds you know, kind of abrasive almost at first, but I think any entrepreneur out there would tell you that their greatest lessons have been in their greatest failures. You know, in fact, I think there's a lot of lessons in our life that God is only going to teach us in our failures and in our struggles and nowhere else in our lives will he teach us that. You know, I think it's just in those moments where we'll get that message. And so really during, you know, initiating this, this ministry and um, even just, you know, relationships with uh, and networking and things like that, it's just like, how can I realize quicker what I'm doing wrong so that I can learn the lesson quicker about this? You know, how can I fail quickly so that I can learn faster? Fourth one is to grow fast. And of course, that that comes with, you know, a lot of wisdom when, you know, if, if you're starting a business, you have to think about how you're going to scale that business, of course. But when I was thinking about it with this ministry was, okay, you know, I've got one avenue here of, you know, a blog, but how can I grow and, and do a podcast to create some valid, you know, some validity here and, um, you know, have a website and of course I have a vision for an online course and, and that kind of thing. So um, growing fast and maintaining the momentum that you get from those small steps is so, so crucial. 
um, as well. So, but it, it is tricky. I mean, I, I think a lot of people do stop um, or don't even start, you know, when they have a really unique idea for something. But I think if you could see on the other side, I mean, you, you would have started yesterday and I'm sure you guys have seen that just the fruits in starting living out loud is I'm sure it wasn't easy to start this. There was probably a lot of fear. I mean, wouldn't you say like, you know, beginning, beginning living out loud, but you're probably very, very glad that you did begin it. In the long Absolutely. Run. And in the way that God has changed and adapted what we've done uh, over the course of several years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really been cool. And to think, looking back to think if I would have known all these details, like at first I would have been really <laughs> overwhelmed, but just to see his faithfulness all the way through and how he just aligns everything that we need and the timing of that, it's so encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have one more question. Yeah. Well, okay. great advice. Thank you for that. I think that's going to be very helpful, not only yes. to our listeners, but it's already been helpful to me because, you know, we have new ideas all right. the time. And right. Yeah. <laughs> Just go for it. Okay. So last question, what are some of the habits that you do daily to be a good steward of your purpose? Yeah, absolutely. So this, I have to admit, this is one of my kind of obsessions is I love watching strong leaders and knowing what their routines are from the day to day. So uh -huh. <laughs> people always talk about habits. I'm always like, well, what is their, what is their morning routine? What time do they get up in the morning? You know, what do they, <laughs> when do they write? When do they, and so I'm always thinking about that, but I think it's just, it's so amazing um, how much we underestimate just the day to day. Sometimes I think we underestimate what we can get done today. And so I've really tried to make it in, in the last kind of couple of months here, more of a um, purpose in my life to make every single day, every, every single day count, because it all really does build on itself anytime you're creating or developing or growing something. And so I really classify it, I think, into two different categories. The first one would be people and the second would be just the production. Um, but I, I think people first, absolutely. Um, I am you know, absolutely confident that I'm only going to be as strong as the greatest prayers that I'm receiving from people. I'm only going to be as strong as the greatest advice that I'm also receiving. I'm only going to be as strong as what people are encouraging me to do. You know, people are just going to be the key and the platform and the path in which you, anybody needs to be successful with something. And so I'm always asking myself, am I connecting with the right people? You know, do I have a mentor? Do I have, you know, the business leaders that need to be pouring into me? And these are questions I'm asking myself today. And, and you know, even later today, I'm going to be working on this because the people are just so crucial to you on a day-to-day -day basis. And so it's very important that we are, that we're taking inventory of that. So the people will be the first category. Second, I would say is your production. Of course, this is a lot more logistical and practical, and it of course will look different from anybody. But me personally, I I love to set goals. You know, I'm such a goal setter. I've got a huge um, sticky note pad kind of in my room where each week is written out. And so I've got a overall month goal on there, you know, multiple goals, and then I've got week to week goals as well. Um, and I just, you know, I love crossing them off. I'm a checklist person. So I'm just making sure I'm crossing those off and, um, it just makes me feel real good. And then another habit that I've also just integrated more, and I think you'll see a lot of leaders do this. Of course, it's not necessary, but it's just waking up early. You know, it's so simple, but I think it just, it, when you can have a quick win right away and, and just find 
uh, productivity in those early hours, it can really set up a great benefit for you. Um, and so I, I write every morning. I wake up um, around five. I'm working on two different books right now, one of which is hopefully going to be produced in the next couple of months, hopefully by the summer. Um, it'll be able to be bought. And then the second book I'm working on is really a capstone book of basically the whole message, um, really what I talked about here today, but that'll probably be available in about a year from now, Lord willing. Um, and so I just use that time in the morning to, to do that. So um, very, very important for sure. Um, I'm constantly consuming content as well. That's something I would say, um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, when it comes to your, your big level mentors, okay, like who am I hearing from? You know, there's not a day that goes by in my life where I'm not getting some kind of input from or some kind of, you know, just testimony from somebody or some kind of wisdom or advice because uh, that really, really does affect how you're acting and you're living. So, and I'm so thankful now I have a, uh, another podcast to be listening to, Living Out Loud. It's another one to add so in the book. <laughs> tell us, um, tell us, this is just, uh, this is not written down question, but who are maybe your top three leaders that you like to listen to right now or, or that you really look up to? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say my number one right now would probably be Dave Ramsey. Um, you know, he's known yep. as a financial guy and, and he really, that is his strength, but I think he's got so much great leadership wisdom as well. And that's really what I absorb from him is just how he leads and how he processes questions and is effective in communication. So that would be one. Uh, the second one I would say is Chris Hodges. He's the senior pastor of Church of the Highlands, which is in Birmingham. And I, I love how he can take a very complex idea and make it very simple. So I follow him a lot for that. Um, and then third, I would probably say Craig Rochelle, you know, he's also a senior pastor. He's out in Oklahoma city, um, but he's got a lot of great, um, wisdom as far as scripture goes and, and the spiritual realm, but also he's a fantastic leader and I definitely absorb a lot of his content as well. So. Well, you probably know this, but fun tip of Dave Ramsey, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan as well. And I have a uh, family member who works for him out of Nashville. And she tells us stories all the time. A couple of Christmases ago, she came in from, he does an annual like ball where they get dressed up. He pays for everything. Yeah. And it's just super fun for them to be involved with, involved in. But he actually had them meet at the mall in Nashville and gave them each a thousand dollars and had closed down the entire mall for them to shop. Oh wow. Just his employees. Wow. Oh, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's awesome. Talk about wow. taking care of your employees. I mean, that goes That's right, right. <laughs> into his leadership style. Yes, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, everyone's applying there after they hear that story. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> well, sadly, our time has come to a close, and um, I am just so grateful. We are grateful that you um, were willing to come on and sh to share your story, and we want to tell our listeners where to get where to listen to your podcast, where to get your books, um, where to follow your ministry. If you'll just tell us that real quick. Absolutely. Yes. I, th I think the best way would just to be go, just go to my website, sammcmanus.com. Um, you'll find a link to my podcast on there. Lord willing, when the books are available, they'll be on there as well. Um, also developing an online course, which will be there um, as well um, for people to consume. So I'm on Instagram at Sam T. McManus. 
think that's my username. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the best place. I will say I'm I'm renovating um, and reconstructing my podcast. So I'm really excited. I'll I'll have a couple episodes that are new out here pretty soon, um, middle of uh, 2021, hopefully. So uh, yeah. Hopefully people can be looking forward to that. Well, it's such a blessing uh, to our listeners who are women right now, but also to women who have sons, who have brothers, who um, have husbands, not husbands, but (laughs) they can learn a lot from you too. But in your singleness, (laughs) just to be able to share your your ministry with them. Mm -hmm. And what I love about you, Sam, is that you are so intentional. You are using every season of your life for God's glory and you're not wasting one bit of it. So um, not only am I proud of you, I'm thankful for you. So thanks for what you're doing for the kingdom. Absolutely. 